Hello and welcome to another edition of Ready, Set, Retire, an audio guide packed with information, insight, and experiences for people who are planning for, about to, or already have retired. I'm John McComb, recently retired after a 50-year broadcast career, the past 36 years at CKNW Radio in Vancouver. I'm sitting down with my co-host, Lori Pinkowski every other Friday to help answer the many questions that come up as you prepare to relax and devote some time to you and your new life. Lori is the founder of Pinkowski Wealth Management and is a Senior Vice President and Senior Portfolio Manager at Canaccord Genuity. Lori, always great to talk to you. I can't believe that we are on Episode 10 of Ready, Set, Retire. It's a landmark, kind of. It is. I mean, there's just so much to talk about in retirement and uh, retirement issues that I'm having so much fun with this uh, with you, John, and so happy that our listeners are really enjoying it. I've had a lot of positive feedback, so we're just going to keep on going. Well, it sounds great. We're going to be talking about what you call the five decades of retirement, and we'll get into all of that and break it down decade by decade. First off, though, uh, what's been happening in the markets this week? Yeah, you know, markets uh, continue to be a little volatile, but nothing excessive, I guess I would say, even though the election is less than uh, two weeks away, which again, that's been a focus, of course, uh, by the media and markets have been watching closely as well, especially because Biden is in such a lead at this point. But really what I think the markets have been focusing on mostly is the idea of a stimulus package and if it's going to be passed before the election or after the election and what is it going to look like? And of course, you know, this has been going on for weeks and weeks now between the Democrats and the Republicans. And, you know, how much longer are we going to have to wait to see in the U.S.? Because I think that's what's really going to push markets higher. And of course, COVID. I mean, we see the numbers increasing and increasing in the U.S. and as well as here in Canada and globally. That is having some effect on markets, but I would say minimally at this point. And again, that we look at is the portfolios are focused in companies that are doing well despite COVID. And so I think right now, what's first and foremost in terms of markets is uh, the stimulus package, then the election, and lastly, COVID. Okay, let's talk about those separately. The stimulus package has been uh, kind of in limbo for the last several weeks. Uh, Donald Trump coming out 10 days ago or so and saying, uh, no, I'm not going to sign anything and kind of through everything into a schmozzle, as he tends to do sometimes. But how important is that stimulus package, both to the markets and to everyday people in the U.S.? Well, it's so important to the millions of unemployed Americans out there right now that we're depending on this kind of stimulus to get them through these tough times, and they're not seeing any money come to them, basically. And so it's huge to them, but also to the markets and to the economy. You know, we need to make sure and ensure that things are going to move forward, and that's what stimulus is there for. But considering that it's kind of a back and forth uh, debate here between the two parties is not helping anybody at this point. So we definitely need to see something announced. And, and you're right. I mean, Trump said a week or two ago that he's not going to negotiate anything about the stimulus package before the election. And literally the very next day, he starts tweeting again about the airline industry and maybe, you know, they can look at uh, bailing them out somewhat. And so, again, I don't think this is a pick and choose kind of scenario. I think there's people that literally need money yesterday and this holdup is going to hurt the recovery if they don't get something done soon. The election, of course, has been a topic of discussion for many, many weeks now. And as you mentioned, we're coming down to the final furlongs. If Biden 
wins the election, the markets are going to react. What do you think is going to happen? Yeah, you know, we had this discussion today just to, again, take a look at all the facts. Canaccord Genuity put out a great piece on the election and what their forecast is, uh, depending on who will win, who will take office and so on. And, you know, now the markets are actually looking rather positively, I believe, at a Biden win. And earlier on, we we're talking about markets love Republicans, lower taxes, all those sorts of things. But I think at the end of the day, the markets want some sort of certainty for the next four years. And they don't want trade wars to begin again, which was a real problem for the markets in general. And I think that a Biden win isn't going to start some, all of a sudden, some big correction in markets. So I think that uh, markets are watching it closely, but it has less of an effect as what we thought earlier. And we'll have to see what happens. I mean, four years ago, we also saw Clinton ahead by 10 points, and we know how that ended. So again, it'll be interesting to watch November the 3rd. But again, we position the portfolios to basically take advantage of the situation or at least, you know, sit somewhat on the sidelines as well. But we're ready to go after the election or after a stimulus deal is announced, whichever kind of comes first. Uh, I believe that markets are going to move higher once we kind of see these two areas of uncertainty lifted. And I think that will pave the way for markets to move higher. Again, we're right in the middle of earnings season as well. So it's important to see uh, where earnings are going to land. But again, I think that you're going to have companies that report fantastic earnings and you're going to have companies that are going to report poorly. So again, depending on which sector you're in, which companies you're in, that's going to matter, especially now. We talked a lot on last week's show with Dr. Dorothy Reddy about the uncertainty that exists because of COVID-19 and how that's affecting people uh, psychologically. What have you heard in the last week or so from clients? Because I know you talk to them a lot. And what kind of feedback are you getting? I think clients are not feeling as uncertain as they did in terms of health, finances, all those sorts of things, markets, as they did months ago. I think things are generally... I don't know. Maybe it's because markets are, are flat over the last little while that people generally don't worry. But as soon as they see markets go down, COVID cases go up, everyone thinks it's going to be like last March again. And I, I do have that conversation with people often just in terms of markets and how they reacted back in March. You know, we didn't know much about the virus at that point. We didn't understand who it affected. We didn't understand what a lockdown even was. So that's why the markets reacted so violently. When you start seeing more COVID cases or you see partial shutdowns of cities or states or whatever it may be, be reminded that the markets react the way that they did in March because of total uncertainty, no knowledge of the situation realistically. Now there's a lot more knowledge and markets react less to the same bad news. So what I would say is, yeah, we keep COVID numbers in check. We're watching and all those sorts of things, but don't let it consume you and think that the markets are going to follow the number of COVID cases and so on. It's not that way. It hasn't been that way for some time. So again, as I'm trying to stress here, markets have, I don't want to say moved on. Uh, COVID is obviously still with us and will be for some time, but they're focused on the stimulus package and the election at this point. Okay, let's dive into our topic today. As I mentioned uh, off the top, the five decades of retirement. Uh, as we know, you specialize in retirement uh, clients and portfolios and have for 20 years now or so. And you must have gained a lot of insight into how people feel during the various stages of retirement. I would think that there are, are a lot of common questions or indeed uh, concerns about the different phases. So you've broken it down into age groups. Uh, so let's talk 55, 65 year olds, which Unfortunately, I'm not a part of that demographic anymore. <laughs> You're close enough, close enough. 
So, I mean, dealing with retirees, I've obviously found myself guiding and, and helping people with not just their portfolios or their finances. You know, a lot of people have common questions or concerns related to the emotions they're feeling, their families, along with their portfolios. And so what I tried to do was kind of summarize the different stages. So in 55 to 65, the number one question is, is will I have enough to retire or do I need to save more? Well, again, I often say that depends on how much you spend. But what's really important at this age is to make sure that you do have a financial plan in place. It's hard to retire without a roadmap. And many people are at their peak earnings potential as well during this decade. And they're, they're going to be saving more, but they're also spending more as well on adult children, uh, on travel and things like that. And, you know, there isn't a magic number that you're going to have at this point, how much should you have saved already? Also, when I talk to people in this age group, what they're looking for is, you know, good, stable, long-term returns for their portfolios. They do usually want medium risk. Uh, You know, we don't deal with a lot of people that want high risk. I often say, you know, you're not trying to hit the ball out of the park because usually if you're striving for that, you're going to have some nasty losses in various years as well. And that's not what we're about anyway just trying to provide stability in terms of returns for their portfolio so it can grow and grow and grow until that day that they do retire. And one of the other big issues that comes up, and I guess as you approach retirement, you've raised your kids, you're thinking about, well, now I have some time to myself, but sometimes the kids don't really ever go away (laughs) in terms of needing or you wanting to help them financially. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they used to I call it boomerang kids, you know, and they, they, <laughs> they leave and come back, leave and come back. But especially with COVID right now, I mean, a lot of families don't have a choice because part-time jobs, a lot of them went away uh, during the lockdown and, and with the situation. When we're talking about 9-10% unemployment here in Canada, a lot of that is part-time jobs, entry-level jobs. So I find that people are helping their children a lot more today than they ever have. Also dealing with the possible anxieties of kids graduating university and things like that. That's also different from what it used to be. And they also, what I probably have the number one conversation with people about in this age group about their children is trying to help their kids break into the high-priced Vancouver real estate market. People don't like to see their kids renting. And and I understand that. But you also have to be careful buying at these price levels. Again, making sure that, you know, if you're not paying the mortgage, making sure that your kids will be able to because it might affect your retirement if you're helping with a down payment and then you're going to have to also help with the mortgage because they're unemployed or unemployed at this point. So again, that's a conversation you definitely need to be having with your financial advisor. You know, we encourage it. We want you to help your kids, but in a way that it doesn't affect your retirement for the rest of your life. What about the issue of caring for aging parents? Because in this age group, they're oftentimes uh, parents are still alive and they need care and they need being looked after. We see this a lot, and I often see that it's women, the daughters that are helping their aging parents more than the men, I guess, more so. And I think that's a common fact, actually, out there. This can be very stressful on people in general. I mean, if you're trying to deal with your own career, your own family and kids, and then you're also now helping out your aging parents. And that can be in so many different ways, whether it's, you know, helping them out with doctors or housing or finances, all those sorts of things uh, come into play. And I don't think that there's one easy solution to that. I think that a lot of people are being pulled in a lot of different ways. I think it's just about communicating and make sure that you have enough time for yourself as well, making sure that uh, you are taking that time because, like I said, it can be very stressful for a lot of people. 
And uh, although it has to be done and you're happy to help your parents as they age, and I'm talking about when parents start to be in their 80s and 90s and so on, but it's important to make sure that you're on top of it and make sure that you're taking care of yourself as well. Make sure your parents' estate is in order and that their wills and power of attorneys are up to date and ensure that their portfolio is also being looked after properly as they may not be paying attention to it as much. So if you're caring for your aging parents, it's not just about where they should live, if they should be downsizing, any of those sorts of things. Also take into account uh, their portfolios and if they're being managed properly and making sure that their state uh, estates are in order as well. Okay, let's talk about uh, the next age group, 65 to 75, a group that I can relate to. People are nearing retirement. They can see the light at the end of the tunnel and it's not a train. They're so close to retirement, they can almost taste it. Yeah, they'll be entering into retirement likely, and, and many may face certain situations that are common amongst this age group. So one of those is they may be feeling the actual emotions that come along with retirement. Oh, they may yeah. be, yeah, exactly, John. You and I talked about this, you know, leading up to your big day. You know, especially you look at yourself in your position. I mean, you identify with your career. Many people do, including myself. We are what we do. And it can be very difficult to step aside from that after many, many years of uh, dedicating your life and your time to your career. You know, how did you feel, John, when you were making that move? Well, I was um, a bit trepidatious, I think. You know, it, when you do something for, well, I did it for 50 years, it really was who I was. And to try to make that step and, and separate from that can be a little bit difficult. But it was kind of strange because then COVID kicked in about six weeks after I retired. And uh, that kind of changed my whole view of retirement because now it wasn't so much about retiring. It was dealing with COVID. And I think we've done a pretty good job of it. You know, we've stayed pretty close to home and, and uh, stayed healthy and all that. But uh, the lead up to it, when I finally realized that I was going to retire, yeah, I, I thought a lot about, gee, what am I going to do now? What am I going to do with all of that time? Yes. <laughs> so I went out and decided to do a bunch of podcasts and do this with you and do some other voice stuff. So I'm busy as can be. I know. I think I had you retired for like three weeks before we started talking about <laughs> this. But So John, uh, John definitely went back to work there quite soon. But most people retire and stay retired and they do find time or find things to spend their time on. I think that is one of the anxieties. What am I going to do with myself in retirement and so on? And, you know, it, Yesterday, the idea was and is to travel more. People want to spend time with family and grandchildren. But I also see that many that are retired are actually busier than they were when they were working. It's just maybe in things that they choose to do and rather than have to do. And there's things that you got to think about, you know, possibility of selling your business and so on as well, in case you hadn't done that yet. And so, you know, I really find that transition into retirement takes about three to six months once you've actually retired. Once you're kind of through that, you're you're sailing. You will figure it out. You will figure how your days go. And as Dr. Reddy said, I mean, it's really important to always stick to a schedule, get up at the same time. And so and I know COVID has thrown a nasty curveball into retirement, especially those that are newly retired. But again, it's important to keep that plan going and again, uh, make plans for the future. As we've said before, this thing will come to an end and uh, we'll all get to travel and do the things that we love. The worries about money and about having enough money, do those kind of evaporate at this point or are people still a little bit uncertain about whether they have enough or will they have enough? All those kind of questions that, you know, maybe don't really have an answer. 
The fact is, as if you've had a financial plan done at this stage in your life, you are probably feeling okay. You know what you have, you know what you can spend, you know what your CPP is going to be, your old age security, all those sorts of things. And you know, your blood pressure is probably going down about income. I think the peak of the worry about money is probably between that 55 and 65. That's uh, that's where I see it mostly. You know, again, the process is, is that you're going from being paid to paying yourself. You know, we generally create an income projection and see what clients can spend. Most don't spend enough, but we also account for that people generally spend the most in this age group as they're newly retired. So they're getting excited to travel. They're buying a boat. They're golfing more. You're buying and working on old cars. That seems to be a big one as well. When we have a scheduled income stream, remember, it goes directly to your bank account. It's almost like you're getting a check. It's just going straight from your account to your bank account. Also remember that even when we do an income projection for somebody, that they can always call us and say, you know what? I need more money. I need a new roof. I'm going to do a renovation or can I do a renovation? Is it going to cost too much? Does it affect my retirement? So again, nothing is written in stone, but just know that you can call your advisor up at any time and, and ask for a bit more. And if it's a lot more, like for a reno, then you know, usually what we do is we actually update your financial plan to make sure that uh, you can spend that much. And as we know, rental projections are often half of what they should be. Oh, yes, exactly. So uh, we take that into account as well. Rental projection can be absolutely mind-boggling <laughs> when the final bill comes in. The thing that that you did for me, and I think you, you do it for all your clients, is you kind of built in money for vacations, knowing that at this age, people like to holiday, like to take uh, trips. COVID has kind of squashed that a bit, but you build in a bit of a a bit of a buffer there. Exactly, John. I wanted you to go to the Grand Prix. I mean, that was just so important. I know. I know. know. There'll be another one another year, though, you know. So what I have for 65 to 75 year olds is that, you know, this is where I think uh, people are having the most amount of fun, usually, again, uh, before COVID and after COVID. Well, I'm sure it will be the same. You know, I find that people are most happy in their late 60s and early 70s. You know, they've come to be comfortable with the idea of retirement. Uh, they have their own kind of schedule, their own plans. They're usually fairly healthy still, and they're adjusted to retirement, and they're really able to enjoy the fruits of their labor. You know, they've worked hard all their life. Now they're able to spend a little and have some fun. And that's what retirement should be. It should be about having fun and being happy and uh, spending time on things that you love. All right, let's transition to the uh, 75 to 85 age group. This is a kind of a, I think, a transitional period. People tend to slow down a bit, maybe stay closer to home. Do people still worry about the markets and what the markets are, are, are doing? Or do they kind of develop a, well, I've seen this before attitude? Definitely. I think that that age group, 75 to 85, they do and feel that they've seen it all. And they don't tend to stress about short-term volatility in markets. They're focused on family quite a bit as well. They want to make sure their adult children are taken care of. They start early gifting to family. That's a big topic of conversation there. Again, we want to ensure that their estate is in order that their wills and power of attorneys are up to date. Again, you want to make sure that you're reviewing these things every 10 years or so to make sure that there aren't any changes. And also, you know, what we see is spending decreases. We're generally updating their retirement plans to lower income needs because they're traveling less. And why are people traveling less? Travel insurance costs go up and nobody likes that. And I continue to tell people that it's, you know, just a part of travel costs now for you. You know, don't stop traveling because you have to pay higher insurance. The fact of the matter is you want to see the world. You've got so many years to see it. And so get going. And again, this is uh, once COVID is gone again, that I'll again encourage people to do that. 
medical costs go up. Some people may end up traveling closer to home or one big trip a year when you think like a cruise or when people would go to Hawaii for a couple of weeks. And also, I think uh, downsizing your home. It's another uh, big topic there in terms of spending and why it decreases is because a lot of people are going, you know, the, the home I've lived in for the last 20, 30 years is just too big. I need to sell it or we need to sell it. And from there, that usually decreases costs because homes have a lot of maintenance. And so there's some extra money on the side as well, usually an injection to their portfolio, right? Because they've sold a home and they're moving to something smaller. And so that's where we see a lot of uh, changes for the 75 to 85-year-olds. What about the issue of taxes and uh, trying to reduce taxes within the estate? I think it's always time to look at your tax situation, but especially in this 75 to 85 time period. So what we're looking at here is how can we reduce taxes overall for them in life? So a lot of people were actually taking out more from their RSPs or their RIF accounts, right? Uh, than they actually are required to take because sometimes it's cheaper to take more money now than it is upon death, especially upon the second death um, if you're married. So that's something we even keep a list of every November, December. We're going through our list and saying, should we be taking more money out of people's registered accounts today because it's less tax than they hold it when they die? I, again, you know, questions about, you know, your holding corporation, whether you should continue having that and should you wind it up? Also, there's people that use insurance. And again, this is would be the younger. Uh, if you're, you know, really 70 to 75, you could still possibly get insurance. But you can use insurance as an investment vehicle, but also it can be used to pay off some of your estate tax liability. So this is the amount that's owed at the end of your days. And this is really important probably for those people who own investment properties, especially here in BC. A lot of people have made a lot of money on those investment properties. And the problem is they may own it in joint with their spouse. Well, when both of them go, there's going to be a big, big tax bill for their children. So that's where people look at insurance to reduce that estate tax liability. And then lastly, I would say health. There can be more medical issues here that we see. You know, it's just normal. And, uh, you know, it's important to remain active and see your doctor regularly. I can't uh, stress that enough. You know, it's uh, sometimes people are ignoring those aches and pains and so on. It turns out to be something much more. So it is important to uh, make sure that you're staying on top of your health. Some things just don't go away by themselves. And, uh, and I've seen that uh, often. And so it's just important to, to take care of yourself. 85 to 95 years old. Uh, my first thought would be that people in this age group are uh, really super focused on family. They definitely are. They love their grandchildren, which is fantastic. And usually they're adult children as well. But the grandchildren, <laughs> I find, um, are number one in their lives, you know. They don't worry about money. They don't worry about running out anymore. They're obviously more conservative. I mean, those people are going to hold more in bonds and, and even GICs. Many things don't phase people in this stage of life anymore, of course, except for COVID and, and this whole situation that we're in because of the isolation and so on. So just important that people continue life going for walks, seeing their family regularly. Some clients have continued to go to seniors drop-in. Again, it's, you know, they're happy. They're achieving these age milestones. Uh, they're spending a lot less and giving more away. A lot of times in this stage group, they're deciding on care homes or various options. And I think this conversation is happening much more. How can I stay in my home versus which care home am I looking at or even assisted living and things like that just because of the pandemic? 
also you may be looking at putting in accounts, uh, investment accounts and so on in joint with adult children. This may help avoid probate. It may also help kind of speed up things for that money to get into the beneficiary's hands once you pass away. And a lot of the clients in this age group want that to happen, right? And adult children also will help them manage the accounts and banking at this time. Often we're now dealing directly with the adult children instead of the actual aging parent, just so that transition of wealth is easier. We have meetings with everybody together. It's important that the family communicates. Um, although, of course, you can always have things remain confidential. But I do think it's important that uh, everybody's working together to minimize taxes, to ensure that that most amount of wealth can transfer to your family as you want. Uh, and also looking at donating to charities and all these sorts of things that you want. You want to leave a legacy once you're gone. And uh, and so I would say that, uh, again, people are, are generally happy in this age group because they've made it so long and they've lived a happy and rewarding life. And if people are fortunate, into our next age group is the 95 plus, because there are a lot of people these days who are hitting 100 years old and, you know, seem to be doing okay. Yeah, definitely. I mean, everyone's going to have aches and pains and so on. But those that live to 95 plus, you know, 100. Um, my Oma, as I talk about frequently and even on CKNW, but my Oma is a prime example of reaching this milestone only a, a few months ago. So I thought would ask her about how she felt at the stage of retirement. Yeah. Again, she says, you know, I have certain things and you know, like I said, aches and pains, but she's in really good spirits because she has lived uh, a long life. And, and my Oma always, uh, you know, has certain quotes. She says that one is to never worry about anything, to let things happen as they will. And when I ask her how she is, she replies, I'm good for being a hundred. I love my family. <laughs> she never complains. Yeah. She's just such a positive spirit. Uh, she's, you know, never carries any anger, all those sorts of things. And she never complains and always sees the best in life. And I really do believe that's why I've, you know, seen her go through a lot of different health situations, but she's always come through even stronger and she's lived such a long and happy retirement. So again, that's uh, maybe some of the secrets I've learned about living to a hundred, but uh, also in terms of the five decades of retirement, uh, it's really important to break them down and have a financial team that can really understand each stage that you're going through and be there with you for the entire ride. And I, like I said, the goal is to live a long and happy retirement financially, as well as uh, enjoying it while you're going through it. And so that's kind of the insight we have, this experience I've gained when I've been dealing with retirees for over 20 years. So I'd like to also end with one of the quotes from my Oma. I thought it was appropriate considering she has uh, lived a long and happy retirement. She says, I've lived to 100 because I am always happy with what I have. She has a very kind of Zen outlook, I think. Just let things happen and happen as they will. I think that's a great way to live. It is. And imagine that she escaped East Germany and all these sorts of things and, you know, yeah. was moved many times and was in refugee camps, uh, you know, a few times in her life uh, and came over here to Canada with nothing and, you know, has such a great supportive family around her. You know, we love her so much. But again, just thinking about all of those things, I mean, that positivity, even after people have had such a difficult life, is something that uh, we should all strive to be. Great advice, as always. Thank you, Lori. Thanks, John. If you want more information or have any questions, please don't hesitate to call Lori and her team at Pinkowski Wealth Management. 604-695-LORI. 604-695-5674. For Lori Pinkowski, I'm John McComb. Thanks for listening. 
And we'll see you next time on Ready, Set, Retire.